I want to share with you, uh, we've been on the mountaintop the last uh, few Sundays, and I want to bring you back up there again on the mountain. But as we're looking uh, to find that text in, in Mark chapter 3, <clears throat> let me remind you that it is challenges that causes great renewal. It may not even be an overstatement to say that all great renewal in a life of a human being or in a society for that matter, certainly in a church, always begins with a challenge of what you take for granted. It is the challenges and the acceptance of these that keeps us alive, so to speak both as human beings as, and as a society. And if you think about it in your own life, really, think about all the things that just kind of run on routine. They're, they're, you don't really know why you're doing things the way you're doing them. You just, you just are. This is kind of how you always did it. You never, never thought of it. And then contrast that with an area of your life where you have been truly challenged and somewhat forced to rethink the way you're doing a certain thing. And how much more do you not sense that instead of just running on the humdrum and this is what it is, but right there, this is where new life has been put into the way we're doing things. That was caused by the challenge. So before I say anything else, let me ask you this point. Are you still able to be challenged in your presuppositions and let that challenge release new resources in such a way that an even stronger foundation can be created for the rest of your life. You know, we, we say that you can't, or it's difficult at least, to teach an old dog new tricks, yes? Well, you're not a dog, <laughs> right? We're not dogs, so maybe we can ask the question again and ask it of ourselves, am I still able to be challenged by, by new situations, be challenged in such a way that it releases new resources that enables me and us to create an even stronger foundation for the rest of our lives. There's something about this challenge that actually make it possible for us to say that, that challenge, life challenges is what keeps life alive. Jesus, of course, challenged the established religious world, a world that had been totally fossilized in his rituals, and he gave them the new great commandment to love. And those who accepted that challenge had their lives renewed. The rest just continued with the humdrum. Paul, even in the early church, Paul challenged that early 
conception that, that salvation, even through Jesus, was mainly and only for the Jews. And those who accepted it realized that God was about the whole globe. And, and suddenly we see the gospel spread around the world. Martin Luther challenged the teaching of the Catholic Church. And because of that, it was now possible for average lay people to have a new, genuine experience of spiritual life. William Carey challenged a somewhat fossilized English Baptist Union that had been convinced that if God wanted to save the heathens on the other side of the globe, he could do that on his own. And because of Carey's challenge, we had a start to what we now consider the modern missionary movement and, and the gospel is being spread around the globe. We can continue on and on to give examples of these things. But friends, that's a word that is even stronger than challenge. And that's the word call. A challenge can be given to one particular aspect of our lives, whereas a call includes everything about us, the very focus and the thought patterns and everything about our lives. If we're here today, and maybe I should personalize it and just say, if you're here today and you're thinking about life, and how to make life significant. Can we walk up together to that mountain of calling? Or the mountain of challenge, if you will. In Mark chapter 3, verse 13, we have another one of these mountain texts. Jesus went up on the mountainside and called to him those who wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12, designated them apostles, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the 12 he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, to them he gave the name Boracanes, which means sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Twelve people, friends. Twelve. Twelve who heard the call. Twelve who heard a call in such a way that they knew that it would completely alter the very ground structure of their lives if they accepted it and they took it and lived it out. The challenge came to them personally and directly. As if a light struck in the middle of a sunny 
cloudless day, suddenly they were confronted with the challenge or the call of their lives. Just imagine this. I'm trying to envision how that will be. They would know that if they accepted this, everything would be changed. The very life that they knew would no longer be recognizable. It would all change. If they rejected it and refused to accept the call, they would just go on like nothing happened. That's the point. They were confronted with a call. You know, that word has become strange for us. We don't use it much anymore except maybe for pastors, right, and, and ministers, church kind of related stuff. And, and in a few maybe contexts, we'll use it in a few other things. You know, school teachers that, that take their job as a call. But generally speaking, it, it is one of these strange word, and the sound of it is, is somewhat otherworldly for most people. Today, we, we do things because it's our job. It's, it's a task we've been given. We have accepted some kind of a, you know, volunteer thing, and we do this. But friends, a call is something much more than just being encouraged to participate in a project, to kind of be requested that you participate in something. To be called means that in your heart you accept the challenges, the impelling challenges, if you will, to dedicate and surrender your life to one overarching focus. And friend, that comes to everyone. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you call yourself Christian, that a Christ follower, so to speak. That's the position in which you will hear the call of Christ. It does not go to people that that uh, have, have heard a special call to give their full time and ministry to a specific area of church life. It comes to all who call Jesus Lord. And again, can I can I highlight this again that that this is not a matter of of being encouraged or hearing a request. This is a, a challenge. An impelling call, if you will, to a brand new way of thinking about life itself. Jesus is not taking the disciples with him to the mountain of appeal or requests and ask them if they would, please, could you consider positively, if you can find time in your schedule to give a little time and help me out with the things that I need to be doing while I'm here. That's not what Jesus says. The 12 are brought up with him to that mountain of calling. The mountain of great impelling, if that's a word that, that 
resonates in a different way today. That place where your soul and your heart and your very being is shook in such a way, you know something is going to be different from now on. You know, callings, challenges in that strong, broad sense of the term, changes people's lives. Requested encouragement puts you to work for a little while. Have you ever thought of that? Just think about it. it it's, it's not difficult to be conscious and, and maybe even a little bit nervous that, that when we receive Jesus' call, we, we do it as if it was just an encouragement. Like a request, could you help out? For a little bit. We need you here. You come to church. We hear some good sermons. We're involved in a, in a couple of, of kind of efforts and ministries and activities. You get baptized. Because at some level or another you have realized that, that this talk about God is, is reality. But what happens to the call? Or the challenge that is as broad as life. What happens to this life that is no longer about what it used to be about? But now about the things of the Lord. A life that is carried by a call, if you will, and that is guided by a challenge that impacts every last aspect of our thinking, of our actions, and our planning, and everything. Maybe I can ask the question, just simply, as we can. Have you heard the call? Accepted the call? It's really not a Rhetorical question, as I've said a couple of times. It matters. Or have you heard something and you take it as a request to help out when you have time? Jesus is inviting us to stand on that mountain and to hear that mountaintop call. That's where he wants to meet us. And he took 12 disciples up there. I'm, I'm astounded every time I think about this, actually. And I think I've said that a number of times. There were just 12. You know what we have done these days? Get on TV, spread the word as many. You know, who want to spend time on just 12 if you could just... Spread the word, loud and everywhere. But that's not the point. And I think what Jesus here is doing is, is typical for how he desires to meet people. The question is, if we hear his impelling word, what we call a call, and we just hear some kind of request, encouragement, please do this, it would be good for you. Something that may put us to work but does not truly impact 
our lives in the big sense. Now, if you step back a little bit and just flip through the scriptures that we have done on Sunday nights and which we'll end tonight in a kind of a broader kind of way, notice how God has called people all the way from the beginning in somewhat of the same way. We find God's clear call all the way back if you go to Abraham and and God said to Abraham, leave the land. Leave your kindred or your kinfolks and your father's household and go out and find the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing to everyone around. The same is repeated to his son Isaac when God says to him, dwell in the land where I will show you to dwell. And I'll be with you. And I will bless you. The most classical example I know of a call in Scripture is when Moses sits in front of that burning bush. And God says to him, I want you to lead my people out of captivity and I will be with you. And you see... How God's impelling call changes one person after the other. Not only them who are just hearing in the first place, but all those that they impacted and that they were with. You look through the prophets. You'll see the exact same thing the young Isaiah said, Lord, I'm here. Send me. Jeremiah would say, I recognize and I understand now, Lord, that you have called me even from the mother's womb. Well, there was a young Samuel roaming around in God's temple and he heard God's voice. And regardless of where and how we see it, the call is equally life-changing. To understand this, friends, is maybe more challenging and more important than we just kind of imagine. Not the least right now and right here, but always, really. There's no description in Scripture, not one, not ever, not any place, where Jesus is encouraging his people to call themselves Christian as a form of accept, the accepted, acceptance that they have understood what he was trying to say and, and they kind of agree. In fact, we have lots of examples of the opposite. If you want to write something in the, in the bulletin in that blank space for the sermon, Right, when I come home, I need to read Luke chapter 14, where Jesus says the exact opposite. In summary, he says that if you just want to kind of act like you have heard what I say, he doesn't want to have your life changed. You really can't be my disciple. 
It would be just as foolish, Jesus says, illustrating his point, that if someone began to build a tower without being able to finish it, that would be, or someone involved himself in a war that they couldn't win. Accept and receive my call, Jesus says, and your life will be changed. It needs to be carried and guided by this. So look for a moment. If you have your text still, just look. The purpose of Jesus' call to his disciples was not to give them a couple of great hints, some insight, and maybe some point of knowledge so they can function as God's kind of Handlers are God's taskmasters, if you will, on earth. God had no need for that. By the snap of his finger, he could create anything he wanted. The purpose was not to teach them method or give them some how-to stuff. What Jesus wanted was to help them have hearts that beat with the same Speed and tempo as his heart. Where his heart and their heart beat in step, so to speak. That's when they could know that they had truly become his disciples. It was when his surrender had become their surrender that they truly would be able to continue his ministry which is, of course, what you see in the book of Acts. If you look back in this text in verse 14 and 15, he appointed 12, designated them apostles, that they may be with him so that they, he could send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Imagine this. He empowered them to confront the demons in the world, to be his disciples, carried by their life's call, if you will, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, every heartbeat beat the same as Jesus' heartbeat was doing. And it is this challenge, this challenge, friends, that so confronted each of these disciples. And really, every disciple that meet him on that mountaintop of calling. If you look through scripture, you'll see very clearly that, that Jesus desired to call disciples who would gather in communities or in churches, ecclesias. Not so that these people could be known for or even characterized by special activities that are good and wholesome, but because in these churches there would be a special heartbeat, a special kind of love, a special kind of, of grouping and, and community that so recognized that we have stood on that mountaintop and we had heard that 
call. So now we know that there's a life to be lived that reflects that, that is carried by the call of Jesus and empowered by that Spirit of God. Do you think that sounds utopian? Maybe. But we long for this in our heart. We long for this to characterize our lives, yet it may be hard to believe when we look around that this is possible, but I think what the text is calling us to see here is that it is possible, not in our own power, but with the power of God. When we accept his calling as a true calling, as a challenge, an impelling, life-changing challenge, we will see just that. I don't know if you stopped to think about the 12. It's an amazing group. Kind of strange, right? Monthly crew in the truest sense of that word, right? Just strange. You got tax folks. You got freedom fighters. You got fishermen. You got real outgoing, forceful people like, like Simon Peter. You got very cautious, almost quiet people that just carefully comes up to Jesus, like Andrew. You got ambitious folks that want to sit on the left and right side of, of Jesus in the kingdom like James and John. And you got so it was a bit slow, like dense a little bit, right? Not quite getting it the first time kinds, like Philip and Judas, or Thaddeus, as it's called in this text. Others were skeptical, like Thomas, or maybe Nathaniel, can anything good Come out of Nazareth. Bartholomew, as he's called here. In short, did I say motley crew? This is a motley crew. All kinds of different people that have one thing in common. And that is that they had heard Jesus' call and that became their lives challenge. The impelling force even of their lives. I don't know what you hear when you hear these words. But the question is never really who you are at the moment. It simply is a question of what challenge, what call for your life are you willing to accept? When Jesus looks at you and when he meets you with his calling, he has no eye for who you are at the moment. He has an eye for who you can become.
when you hear his impelling word. You are, but you shall be. You probably have heard an illustration similar to this before, but when a gold miner walks into a gold mine, there are tons and tons and hundreds of tons of dirt and rock and sand that needs to be removed before he can find even an ounce of gold. The same way when Jesus looks at us, there's all kind of junk that needs to get pushed away, right? But the gold miner does not go into the mine looking for the dirt. He goes in looking for the gold. Yes? And so it is. Jesus wants to take this gold and purify it Clean it, make it shine, make it reveal that there's an exception, an acceptance, I mean, of the call. So, how do I end this? I want to ask you to consider not just hearing a request from our Lord, not just feeling encouraged to be participate in some things you know that the Lord will be pleased with, but that you are willing to accept the impelling call as a driving force for everything in your life. There's no doubt that the call from Jesus have gone out. The only question is, will you allow it to guide and direct everything else? Father, I ask, even as we stand here this morning, that you would speak to us, that you will allow us to hear words that are not just coming our way and we can take them or leave them, but words that we know will radically change everything. Father, we stand here this morning as a church ready to start a new chapter. But Father, we stand here also as individuals who needs to hear that my home will be changed by this impelling word. That my workplace will be transformed as I accept Jesus' words to me as my call. That my neighborhoods, even my area, will be impacted as I'm not just one who helps Jesus out whenever I have time, but I become the one whose heart beats in step with Jesus. May that be our full focus, even on a Sunday like this. Speak to us, Lord.
Father, I ask also if there's, if there's someone here this morning who just needs to come and say, I may have heard about Jesus, I may even have heard from Jesus, but I've never accepted his call to make me his disciple. Will you give them boldness to come forward and talk to us about it and kneel and pray and ask you to become their Lord. Others who may have just become so accustomed to humdrum and the way we just do it without much of a challenge. Speak to us as well. Powerfully in an impelling, life-changing way. And as a community, Father, we want to embrace everyone and we want to be able to raise up a whole group of people who are characterized this way. And so, Father, would you call on others who say, I want to stand shoulder to shoulder, hand to hand with with people who have that vision and who have heard that call. Amen. Friends, we're going to stand and sing. During the prayer, I gave also an invitation. That's really not from me, but from the Lord. Hear it and act on it.